Live from the Red City, the hub of the Great Wheel, the heart of the multiverse, it's Radio Throne. I'm Matt. And I'm Sophie, and this is a Kill Six Billion Demons podcast. Uh, Matt, what are we talking about today? So this is the second part of our book three reread, Seeker of Thrones. And we're basically going to pick up uh, where we left off from episode 16, uh, which was uh, right before the legendary four-page spread, The Siege of Uray. Uray? Uray? I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, if you haven't listened to episode 16, uh, you should probably go listen to it. Uh, also, spoilers for... Uh, obviously everything up to book three, and we might reference some things in book four. Um, yeah, I probably uh, mm-hmm. I would I would say so. Keep an eye out. Um, yes. But yeah, last thing we talked about was was basically uh, Co and Allison's confrontation, and then uh, Allison saying, "Hey." Um, basically, I liked you better as a writer. Like, um, it's okay. Everything is okay. You don't have to, to, to be this monster for anymore, for me anymore. Let's go home and I forgive you, uh, which is important and powerful for CEO in that moment. And that's when all hell breaks loose and Modem breaks her, uh, palace into the infinite treasure vault. Yes. The, um... I I always uh, love the spreads, um, Mm -hmm. and obviously all the art, but just the sheer scale of, I don't, is this, is this the um, second spread in this book? Because there's one um, for Ashton, and then there's this one, right? There is also one, I believe, I don't know if you'd consider it a spread, I forget if it's one or two pages, but there's a massive illustration of the view from the right. skyship mm-hmm. uh, when Allison first looks out the window, uh, mm-hmm. and that's that's gorgeous as well. I'm, yes. I'm trying to think. I think this might. I, I think those might be the. Oh no, there's there's one with uh, the prison of air where Allison is um, chopping people up left and right. Ah uh, yes. That was a really cool one as well. Uh, um, I remember when this book was coming out, it took Abaddon like a month to uh, <laughs> illustrate the Siege of Uray. Just, I mean, I couldn't do that in a year, let alone a month. It, that's such a big, detailed image. Mm-hmm. And like, I want that as... I was about to say a shower curtain, but like like one of those <laughs> um, folding wall dividers or whatever. I think that would be gorgeous on that, or a, mm-hmm. a big long tapestry or something like that. That's just amazing. You've got Protomos, you've got uh, Maya, you've got a bunch of um, like World War One looking gun wielding um, modem servants. A bunch of chainsaw pike monks using lightning <laughs> out of their mouths. It's an incredible, incredible panel. Mm-hmm. The spread. I used to, when I was a kid. I used to love the. Um, it's it, it wasn't I Spy, but it was uh, mm-hmm. like those find this specific person like books, and this feels like uh, like that, and I just really mm-hmm. just love it. Also, big baby. Yeah, uh, love him anytime he appears. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotta <laughs> count every time we gush about Big Baby in the podcast. Big Baby has a name, and you've told me the name a couple times, but I just don't remember. I, I believe it's Protomos. Oh, oh, that's Big Baby. Yeah, I think so. Hmm, okay. Um, but yeah, from here on out, the book is. Or, or the the fight between Madam and uh, and Mammon is kind of uh, tangential to the things we've been talking about already. This this ties in with the a plot of the series, not necessarily uh, what's happening to the characters in this book. Mm-hmm. So the next real moment of that we get is when uh, White Chain and Co and Allison reunite, 
and the devils steal the ship, <laughs> which is a very funny moment when Allison points that out. Oh, yeah. Um, but Sio and Oscar uh, face off on this boat where uh, Oscar is basically saying, hey, uh, I didn't do this for the money. I did this because I wanted Yabalcoeth back. Mm-hmm. And Sio has come far enough in this book where her response to that isn't like, oh, I'm... I'm being evil for people again. Oh no. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, uh, I think she says something like, uh, just because I accept that I once was Yabalkoath doesn't mean that I have to be her again. Um, and then uh, Nieve dive kicks uh, Oscar. Um, lucky Felicia shoots him in the stomach and he goes falling off the ship. Yeah, uh, Lucky Felicia turning up. Yeah. What a incredible moment (laughs) i mean the whole fight feels very dynamic um this is a small sort of art thing um Mm -hmm. but in the in the panels where lucky felicia is sort of shooting at oscar and they're all sort of uh trying to hop out of the way all the panels are very disjointed um Mm -hmm. sort of i don't know i really want I don't think it's I don't know actually I don't know if it's gonna happen but I feel like an animation or like kill six billion demons would translate so well into any like animation or I don't know a movie (laughs) yeah I actually um on one of the the patron hangouts I asked uh Tom about okay like seriously what are the chances uh, or like like what would the circumstances have to be for Kill Six Billion Demons to get animated? Uh, <laughs> and he said that he's actually been like like someone once approached him about that, and he said, "Listen, I'm not going to do this unless if it is as I- unless if we can actually get the budget behind this to get seriously good in- animation that uh, justifies not justifies but like does justice to all of the." Uh, art and action existing within the comic um Mm -hmm. i think that's a good decision what he did say is that there like like a possible scenario for this to happen is to produce an animated short uh Mm -hmm. not not the whole series but just like a specific sequence or something like that Mm -hmm. um with with the anim the kind of animation quality he wants which i think would be incredible oh, um yeah. i i totally agree with you that this would translate wonderfully to animation yeah it feels very fluid um and just the action sequences would, would be really cool to see but yeah who knows <laughs> i think uh Another another thing that people talk a lot about in animation is like uh, character design, silhouettes, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. uh, as I've mentioned before, I think one of the strongest uh, art things about the comic is the uh, character and world design. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, a, again, another thing that I think would lend it, itself really good to animation. Uh, I, I would pay lots of money to get this animated <laughs> over kickstarter or, or whatever the hell like kill six billion I, I would demons. i would be okay with that yeah animated funded solely by matt <laughs> i don't know if i have I, I i maybe could fund one second of <laughs> quality animation that's expensive mm-hmm. um but yeah i very uh exciting to hear about and also like going back to your original point this is a super cool action sequence uh that all of the the elements of the craft are going into making this feel very chaotic and uh nervous i Mm -hmm. I think is really cool oh yeah um i think after uh the demons not demons devils i get them mixed up 
a lot, but it's I don't kind of mean the to. Same thing, right? Is there a difference? <laughs> Demons and devils. Yeah, I mean, like outside of Dungeons and Dragons and the Blood War and all that weird mythology shit, but like in in Kill Six Billion Demons, is there a difference? I mean, I would assume that there's a difference because there's like devils and then there's Kill Six Billion Demons. Huh. I guess that'd be interesting to investigate. But yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I think after uh, that sequence happens, there aren't too many story important beats, except for um, every time I reread a book, I find these like little things and I'm like, oh, what if that comes up later? Uh, the two bodies were never found and it's a cat master and mm-hmm. the other devil that I can't remember the name of um, are still alive. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I really love that little panel of Catmaster petting the cat. They were I both love okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, will they turn I, up? Who knows? Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, I mean, uh, I I doubt like everyone who were like, "Ooh, I hope we get to see them again" is going to show back up at the end. That would yeah. just kind of be silly. But mm-hmm. uh, they're. I, I really loved the them, especially like Charon's dialogue and characterization. I feel mm-hmm. like was so so much fun. Uh, but after that, we basically get to uh, the final scene, which is a parallel to the first scene in the book, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Allison is lying in bed, super injured. Surprise <laughs> happens every time, <laughs> uh, and being tended to by her friends uh, mm-hmm. and talking with CO and Y-Chain and Naive and stuff. Um, and now this time, instead of being like, okay, I need you to do this, I need you to do this, whatever, like everyone is is like no friendship, only utility. Uh, she has a direct conversation with CO about her feelings, uh, which is something that CO admits that she should have done a very long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and White Chain comes in and she's like, oh, I shouldn't have treated you as a victim so much. And White Chain is wearing, uh, I, I forget what it's called, but like a, like a, a dress, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and Purchased she's like, knife. oh, yeah, um, I'm going to train you and mm-hmm. in, in the ways of angel fighting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we get this, we get to this point where, uh, it's a parallel to the beginning of the uh, book where everyone was closed off and kind of working through some stuff uh, and feeling bad about themselves. Uh, but at the end of the book, uh, Allison and CO talk about their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, CO recognizes that like like we've we've said that she doesn't need to go back to being Yubalkoath, even though she like accepts that she once was that person. Mm-hmm. And uh White Chain is now no longer like staring at her own face. <laughs> yeah, it, it ends on a very sort of hopeful note, I think. Mm-hmm. Um sort of now they have a goal and now they um have bonded a little bit i think this is they became friends (laughs) yeah uh more than that in allison and ceo's case can we zoom in on to there's one bit uh there's one exchange between allison and ceo uh where that i don't entirely follow slash like can place into my reading of the the book so far where uh let me pull it up um but CEO's basically like um or, or allison says like we we've only known each other for a few days uh i don't i don't even um date women uh mm-hmm. i like we, we we can't do this and CEO's like oh you you did all this and you used me and um god i need to actually pull this up uh like that's a that's a shitty thing to do and then it kind of gets dropped i'm not sure if i'm my computer's going haywire sorry about this uh i'm not sure if i'm missing something 
but uh, yeah, uh, Co basically says all because of the uh, that great moronic lout had had got uh, itchy knickers for some boy, and then Allison says, "Oh, I see what's going on here. Uh, what does that mean?" Co, I was delirious. I was losing blood. I thought I was going to be eaten by a dragon. When we kissed, I don't know. Look, I'm I'm not attracted to women. You're not even human, for God's sakes. We barely even know each other. Uh, and Co says that use me, that use me wrongly, knowingly to get into the vault. I wouldn't stick around. I won't stick around for it to happen again. Um, and this th this is like a moment of Co basically saying, uh, "You turned me into something I didn't want to be," which which is what we've talked about, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to do something I didn't want to do uh, for someone for your own purposes, for someone I don't care about. And I thought, like, I, I thought that something could come of this between us. Uh, and then they get in interrupted and it just moves on from here. Like, what's going on there, do you reckon? Like, how, how do we get from that to uh, Allison being like, hey, do you want to date? <laughs> I think it, it kind of gets addressed in like a couple pages later when they're smoking on the side of the ship and then Allison goes, mm -hmm. Well, like I, I don't really know you and then none of this is normal, but I don't I don't think it's directly addressed, but I, I think that's her way of sort of extending an olive branch almost. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know. They probably have more stuff to talk about. Yeah. It, <laughs> from what you said and from looking at this a little bit, it seems kind of like they are giving... Like, there there is that bit of a confrontation, and then it gets interrupted, and then now instead of that being the end of it, and they go to um, the White-Eyed Woman or wherever the hell, and, and things get worse and worse. Um, you're right, like, it does go to that next uh, scene where they've both processed it a kind of, processed it a little bit, uh, in a way, and Allison says, like, can we go on a date or something? Mm. Um, yeah, I get... It kind of does show that it's not just immediately going to be all good and all makes sense, and... I think that sort of scene is owed as well because of, like, I, I think Abaddon doesn't want to say, like, these are two doofuses uh, <laughs> stumbling into a relationship after one of them just tried to kill the other and mm -hmm. everyone's new to this and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess it's just a stepping stone to this end of the book sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Although, I don't know. I feel like, mm -hmm. um, actually, I don't know what, what'll happen in book five if their relationship will sort of come. I mean, I guess it did in book four, uh, with like CEO's well, spoilers for book four. CEO comes in and says, I've been a bad girlfriend or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think. I think that we'll understand that a lot more when we go and reread book four after having reread book three. Yes. Uh, I do like, I'm looking at pay, page 152 right now, uh, and CO says, like, if you want to learn some things, just ask. And then, like, <laughs> waits patiently for two panels, and Allison says, I'd like that. And CO goes, aha! <laughs> Um, which I think is very funny. Um, but yeah, I, I really like this extended sequence of them kind of talking about their feelings and recognizing that they've changed and that they're changing each other and that like that's okay and that they have each other, which mm -hmm. I mean brings us to, to White Chain interrupting them and that <laughs> uh, ringing in the end of um, book three. Yes. Overall, I don't know any any sort of closing thoughts. 
not closing thoughts, but end of yeah, end yeah. of book thoughts. I, I I've said this before. I think it's really good. I think mm-hmm. it ties together, like it, it it does the kind of um, I don't know if this is a real like literature thing, mm-hmm. but uh, in in GMing circles, sometimes you hear about like diamond shaped narratives. Uh, this isn't exactly that. But um, when you have a story beat and then it like, or I'm basically thinking of you, you have this thread of the plot mm-hmm. and at book three, at the start of book three, it's very tight. Like everything is kind of moving in the same direction. And then it unravels to the point where uh, like we have several different things going on at once. And by the end of the book, they're all tied off neatly and everything is is going in the same direction again um and that that's what book three feels like to me it's not like super profound or anything like that i don't feel like from reading it it's um again it's it's giving me anything that is like challenging my understanding of uh of of the world or whatever maybe that's just because i've read kills expelling demons so much but Mm -hmm. um it's a uh, th- these stories that happen in the book are very complete and satisfying mm-hmm. and uh simple in a way that for this reread feels really good and i i think it achieves a lot uh through that and also i think the um the the start of the relationship between Allison and CO is handled fairly well for what it is and the fact that one of them tries to kill the other uh in the beginning of it Mm -hmm. i think it's very much like a a sort of i mean i mean somewhat of a closed loop like Mm -hmm. all of the arcs are somewhat contained uh Mm -hmm. although there there are like boat scene in the beginning boat scene in the end yeah it, it it parallels itself very nicely and and there are some like um, continuations of arcs like obviously Allison and White Chain and then we talked a little bit about how CO's arc didn't really feel like it had uh, as much of a, a sort of build up um, and a lot yeah. of de- the devil Not we, we learn about a lot about the devils which I, I do appreciate mm-hmm. uh, a lot um, I think if, if I can go into this now I think that the I've been thinking about it, and I think one of the reasons why Sio's whole story, and in fact the entire um, relationship between Allison and Sio doesn't start, like the stakes aren't established, etc. Why it kind of feels like that, even if that's not necessarily true, uh, until the start of this book, is that the what we know about Sio in previous mm-hmm. books is is very limited mm-hmm. uh and it's mainly that she has a crush on allison and she's that running from her husband specific thing isn't taken exceptionally seriously until the start of book three mm-hmm. um you get the the fan fiction stuff you get i think in book one what you get is uh CO like expresses surprise or indignation that uh Zaid is a is a man. <laughs> um and in in book two you don't really get a lot of CO Allison interactions because they're off doing separate things for a lot of it. And then mm-hmm. even at the start of book three, the the scene with Allison reading through CO's book um is to me feels like we are not um like like that is not a moment where the audience is directed to feel sympathy towards CO and her crush it feels like a moment where the audience has an opportunity to kind of laugh at it uh i think that's a bit of a strong indictment i, mm. I i'm not fully like th- that's that's a little stronger than i want to go but i think that part of the reason why uh CO feels less memorable 
to me is that the book three is really feels like the book where Abaddon starts taking her seriously as a character. Okay, again, that's that's a very strong indictment. <laughs> um, I don't know if I stand by that 100%, but I, I think I've made myself clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Do you um, agree with that? I mean, I th- to, to a certain extent, um, I think I do. Uh, especially with the, the whole fanfiction thing. Um, mm-hmm. Feels more like a, a comedy beat, which which is fine. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, I didn't start remembering, like, oh, she's actually on the run from her husband and kind of was involved in some bad shit um, until I sort of reread book three. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And an example is, and we can we can use this as a springboard into white chain stuff. Uh, but in the first time we see white chain, uh, one of the goblin, like the goblin guy, gang leader, is uh, expresses, "Oh, something's up with your gender." Basically, mm-hmm. um, and then in book two, we see that the consequences of that are deadly serious um, mm-hmm. through. Um, what's what's their name the um petal angel who juggernaut star kills right 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 yeah yeah we basically see that um angel hierarchy is strict and very important to how throne works mm-hmm. and what the demiurge conflicts and, and stuff are with juggernaut and that uh air quotes deviancy is punished greatly um and we know how this interacts with what's going on in White Chain's head. Um, I I don't think we get as much um, with Sio. Mm-hmm. I think also um, it has to do a little bit with we don't really know a lot about devils until uh, book three. Like we know that they have their names, but like we didn't know about the heretics court, which is whereas we knew about like Michael too and uh Metatron. Mm-hmm. That that's true. Uh there is excuse me. There is a bit of introduction to uh devil society, not not in terms of specifics, but in terms of generalities in the drinking game. Mm-hmm. Which is is early on in in book 2. Right, uh, with the names and the sort of levels um mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think I, again like maybe this is just me being uh like thick or overwhelmed by um the sort of aesthetics of the series but mm-hmm. potentially on my first read i could have used like a co flashback or um, a, co- a private conversation between her and White Chain about, like, what's going on. And White Chain mentions, oh, I'm bringing you to someone who I know has stolen a key, right, at the very beginning mm-hmm. of the series. Um, but I think I think the consequences of that and uh, the, the, the ways in which Abaddon... Uh, treat CO as a character could have been a bit more serious since the beginning of the book. And from there we can move on to like White Chain and stuff. I don't want to criticize too hard because again I really love this this book. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, White Chain's arc sort of came to uh, a head I would say uh, I feel like I've used that phrase already um, but it came to a head no, you're good. in in book four but Mm -hmm. i feel like we see not as much uh sort of growth as we did in in book two but we do see some um in book three yeah um it's there's there's a lot of um smaller stuff but i think the big thing is the scene with the uh angel who is like breaking the law by by holding up some um merchant or something for protection money Mm -hmm. uh and white chain just goes like full-on beast mode on this (laughs) on this guy um Mm -hmm. in a way that 
is really uncomfortable and makes uh, Naive really uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and ends up with uh, paralleling uh, Juggernaut Star's pose, holding the, the table as if it were a wheel, like <laughs> Juggernaut Star's wheel, and yelling, Metatron lives. And <laughs> the reason why she backs down from this is because Naive uh, steps in front of her. Mm-hmm. We, again, uh, we talked about this in our, our book two reread, mm-hmm. but uh, the teacup breaks in, uh, again, a parallel to White Chain and uh, Juggernaut Star's fight. Um, I'm, I'm sure that we've talked about the, the teacup as a metaphor for, like, humanity, I guess? Yeah, and, and like, fragile things. Mm-hmm. It kind of related to the the comb of prim uh how it's something that how fragile things are things that angels are kind of supposed to protect and that protecting them prevents them from uh or or like allows them to appreciate human stuff and protect humans and things like that Mm -hmm. um and yeah it, it is here kind of deployed to show white chain uh lapsing into closeted edgelord like juggernaut star (laughs) um i i think i also want to point out in the beginning of the book when she sort of doesn't have uh, a face and then later we see the return of like all the hair and her like not not her angel body yeah yeah like armor but her is it her actual body? I don't know. Who knows? Like form, I guess is a is a fine I, I word. Think, yeah, I think the fire and the eyes and stuff and the feathers—that's her body. And then mm-hmm. the armor is, is armor, armor. Mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that's also sort. I mean, obviously, it's it's a metaphor, but sort of mm-hmm. eyes are the window to one's soul, and then she doesn't mm-hmm. have eyes. She doesn't have that sort of human and then yeah you're right isn't she just I I completely forgot this thank you for bringing it up isn't she just like has the mask on completely empty otherwise yeah like there it's mm -hmm. just the mask when does she she like manifests the face again when she sees Madam crashing into the the temple right Mm -hmm. Uh, I think so or the vault, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool. I think uh, the visual metaphor in the series is deployed really well. Another one that I want to mention um, that I forgot to last time, or I didn't think of until today, is that uh, the descent into the white-eyed woman is... Mm-hmm not just a it it, it isn't like it's excuse me it's (laughs) uh the the white-eyed woman appears like a facade a sort of innocent building um other than the fact that it's in a completely um wasteland at the edge of the city Mm -hmm. uh but so you and allison get in and they start going down and it doesn't just go down further and further than you expect but it expands until you get to the bottom and you're outside basically in the heretics court and this Mm -hmm. to me is a really neat metaphor for how co feels like opening up to allison because like co is this cute little demon girl and then as allison learns more and more about her uh it becomes deeper, darker, more horrific and just more and more broad until it's unknowable uh in a way that um I'm actually pulling this from uh examples from video games like Control and Inside um which is thanks to uh uh eric sophia and um jacob geller for talking about these games uh (laughs) in in this way because this is really inspiring my read here 
But I, I think that's a really neat metaphor for the process of uh, opening yourself up to someone who you have this deep crush on um, mm-hmm. and you're nervous about it. Yeah, I never I never thought of it that way, but I think that's uh, pretty accurate. And it also does get more sort of horrifying the deeper you mm-hmm. get <laughs> into the heretic's court. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, uh, I looked up the the page that White Chain sort of gets her. She gets her eyes back um, when Modem comes crashing. Yeah. Into when when the big war happens after the big gay. Good, yeah, good words. That, that's a thing I think about a lot when I watch. Um anime Mm -hmm. uh there are a lot of it's a common uh sort of trope to obscure or hide a character's eyes in uh like you know behind glinting glasses is is the um meme one but Mm -hmm. even in shadow of their hair or a hood or just like a dark room or whatever um and a lot of times for me that is doing the same thing that it does here, in which it's um, both kind of dehumanizing the character and making them feel uh, edgier or more mysterious and stuff like that, which I, I think all, all, all works in uh, Abaddon's favor when he mm-hmm. is uh, illustrating White Chain here. I think also, um, in addition to the eyes, uh, White Chain sort of has her helm on and... Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know where I learned this, but apparently eyebrows are or like a brow line is important for sort of expressive um or you you look more expressive when you have eyebrows, uh which is why yeah. a lot of cops or or soldiers wear really low caps. It's because the like you can't really move your eyes that much, your eyeballs, right? Uh, but your eyebrows are very mobile. Like, you can place them wherever you want on your face. Same with your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the mouth and eyebrows are basically the most mobile things on your face. And they can... So that's what we use to emote. No emoting I think that is for white chain. a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> In the beginning. Uh, it kind of... Um, the, the the parallel to like how cops wear uh, helmets or hats that are like low on their face. White chain was assigned cop at birth. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Actually, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you wanted to talk um about some of the or how the the comedic moments in this book kind of. Uh, lead into or, or, or help a lot of this stuff be more digestible mm-hmm. yeah I think I think in, for comedy um, I'm not a comedian by the way so I don't know anything about comedy um, a lot mm-hmm. of the things the sort of quips that are said in this uh, book help it become a lot more lighthearted, especially where it's like wow that's so horrifying that's kind of funny um I think you you were talking about earlier one of your favorite is um when Oscar asks like his crew uh mm-hmm. fuck what was it <laughs> uh like what what is it that we do lads and they all yell money and power through homicide <laughs> and um I don't know I think it it helps sort of not only characterize um the world and the characters like for example mm-hmm. in the beginning when they're all sort of saying they're they're uh what what they can contribute like naive goes on this long speech like i i can be as i can work for you i'm just following like people of power and then princess just goes and she's been piloting the ship mm-hmm. um i think just sort of help give them a found family dynamic which I am a big sucker for. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I, I know that um, 
and again, I haven't watched many Marvel movies, but I know that this kind like there, the those movies get a lot of uh, criticism online from where I've seen about uh, people who think that like everything in there kind of has to be funny or there has to be some sort of like uh, sort of stock quip that people say after every like mm-hmm. surprising thing or whatever. Uh, but to me, Kill Six Billion Demons doesn't feel like that. And I'm also like, I have no comedic training, so I can't tell you why. <laughs> do you have like, wh- why do you think this feels like it doesn't get grading? You know? I think it's because there are a lot of different sort of um, like, I don't I don't know if this is right, types of comedy. Um, like there's the sort of quippy one-liners that people do or like the, mm-hmm. oh my God, that's terrible. Uh, homicide um but also sort of visual humor um and i'm thinking in particular about when they're outside of the um wide-eyed woman and they're approaching Mm -hmm. these two uh characters and Sio says it's me and then you expect the the very decked out person to talk and then it's actually the 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 dog (laughs) human Mm -hmm. devil yeah uh I think it may also have something to do with the fact that there is a lot of, um, like, Kill Six Billion Demons feels like it is, it it has a lot of intention, and it has a lot of things to say, and it's taking itself very seriously, mm-hmm. um, so the, the comedy might not become, like, trite in the face of, like, a, a, a series that's actually very, like, not a sort of entertainment piece. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I don't want to say that. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like there's there's more going on here than I... Never mind. I, I take everything back. I have literally seen two Marvel movies. <laughs> Matt, what? Yeah. Oh god, okay. Um hmm. I don't know. I think that for a lot of people humor and by a lot of people I'm including myself, um humor is a sort of coping mechanism for Yeah, yeah. whatever's going on. And so it feels kind of like instead of and I I don't mean to shit on Marvel. Um I have watched most of the Marvel movies uh and I and I and I enjoy them. Um mm-hmm. instead of sort of like Bazinga also don't mean to whatever. Um it's kinda like I, I think you're good. I don't know if any um uh <laughs> Big Bang Theory stands are gonna be like, What did you say? Uh-huh. Um, instead of sort of that, it's like things are so bad that they're trying to find sort of solace. Or it feels like solace in a sort of terrible situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I I think I should I think it would be interesting to read about comedy, actually, or yeah, watch YouTube videos about comedy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like <laughs> I feel like if you do, you're gonna get to a point. Uh, secret about podcasting, everyone, is that uh, everything you say is at least one percent garbage nonsense. <laughs> um, and the more I learn, and the more I read. The more I recognize, like, I, I recognize that a higher percent of what I said than what I actually expected is garbage nonsense. So I feel like that's going to be one of those situations, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like when I form thoughts in my brain, as it goes to my mouth, um, it just degrades. Um, <laughs> There's some friction. Yeah, or, or it goes through a garbage compactor that actually just makes it more garbage. But you know what? That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. All I right. think the comedy in Kill Six Billion Demons is good. I don't know. I don't think there's a good sort mm-hmm. of tie it, tie it up neatly in a in a bow sort of thing. Yeah, I guess one last thing uh, I want to mention in that regard is the moment in the at the end of um, the book where. Allison and CEO are talking 
and they're talking about like their feelings and wanting to go on dates and learn things from each other and whatever. And White Chain is White White Chain turns out was next to them the whole time and is like, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm sorry, Allison, um, or I'm sorry as well for treating you like a victim this whole time." And they're both like, "Ah," uh, which I think is a good moment. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, the all right, I'll go first. I was born from ashes, and then she was like, "Uh, no, Allison, <laughs> please don't." How about you go first? Yeah. Um. So we talked about the end of book three. We talked about the um, like why, or, or I talked about like reservations I have and criticisms I have. If this is all off base, I do not want to throw you under the bus for those horrible <laughs> opinions. Um. I we we talked about comedy stuff. We talked about white chain stuff. Is that it? Is that is that book three? Are we done? Is no no three part book three recap? I think. Yeah, um, you'll have to wait for book four. Book four four part recap. Nope, nope, maybe <laughs> two. Is what I'm gonna say. We've already talked a lot about book four, so we have talked uh, a lot about book four. Hopefully, Although, we don't get lost in the weeds for for too long. I think in context, it's gonna be really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think also because we have this sort of re- uh, renewed perspective, um, mm-hmm. because we've done uh, recaps of book one, books one, two, and three um, at this mm-hmm. point. I would, I think that they've each recap has gotten better. Yeah. <laughs> I think um I think that we are developing our voices for uh like critical readings of media as we go along which mm-hmm. uh on one level might be interesting as a listener <laughs> on another level might be garbage <laughs> as, as a listener um but I, I definitely feel more proud of, of this than, like, our original book. I feel like I, I came in here and, mm-hmm. like, I, I found a reading through doing a close read of the book and looked at how it informed the way I saw different parts of this book and different parts of the series. Um, and, and for me, a lot of this was identifying, okay, what is going on between these different characters? Um, how does that tie into the main uh the the main part of the the um like the themes of the series basically mm-hmm. and um that's not especially like i i don't think i'm at the point where that's any sort of deep insight but i do think that that's now something i can point to and say okay this is one of the reasons why i love it so much it feels mm-hmm. really good to read because of all of these setups and payoffs and and like tied together plot threads and the way that these characters interact with each other and the fact that like this this series is zero percent fat basically like it's all Mm -hmm. things that are tied together in some way or informing the characters in some way Mm -hmm. that uh brings greater meaning to the series as a whole um which is like just a rewarding experience basically Mm -hmm. It it definitely feels like sort of every um speech bubble or every panel has a purpose in or like is a cog in this very elaborate and like large machine um which so it's been very fun to pick it apart and see what that contributes to um absolutely yeah yeah especially Um, like looking back from mm -hmm. where we are now It, it could also be because the first time and and second time i read it um I was just kind of speeding through, like, oh my god, what happens next? I need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of things benefit from, from like, further revisiting it with a closer eye. Um, Mm -hmm. I think also one of the reasons why this is so packed with um, intention Mm -hmm. is because Abaddon is a single person. And webcomics are, like, very... In terms of the amount of work that goes into it, uh, versus, like, to to, to get... To create a single page, even, 
versus the number of mm-hmm. people that can do it or, or that that work on it um that ratio is incredibly high which means that every decision that mm-hmm. uh abaddon makes he has a ton of time to think it over which is is why i think that if you're wait like abaddon does not waste time or or effort when coming into this because it's been what like six seven years is that true yeah i think that's it is. crazy <laughs> um and he's just now getting to the final book of the series like this, this is the kind of thing that has to be um very thought out and very um what was like full of intention i don't know if there's a word for that but mm. anyway uh i think do you have any more thoughts or should we uh talk about um when the next episode might come up hmm i think that does it for me for book three um we've talked about i don't know maybe there will be things later um but yeah let's talk about next episode yeah, I'm sure we're going to turn this off and be like, oh, I just thought of something. <laughs> or um, I can't believe I made this ridiculous mistake. But yeah, so I'm not sure what we're going to do for next episode. We haven't really talked about that. Mm-hmm. But um, a, a peek behind the, the curtain a little bit. Finals are coming up for us. And we are probably, like after that, we're probably going to be pretty uh, free to mm-hmm. talk about and record stuff. We are students and yes. have responsibilities. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we're going to figure it out when we get there. And we will let you all know through our Twitter or wherever. Or it an, an episode might just pop up on your um, your uh, podcatcher. Is that what they call it? I think that's <laughs> Twitter timeline. Let's go with that. Yeah. Um but yeah i i don't think uh you can reasonably expect episode 18 coming out before like january 1st maybe Let, let's put Around it at then. january 1st and then if it comes out before then um it'll be a nice surprise <laughs> yeah we'll be like we exceeded expectations <laughs> all right uh thank you all for listening um and i will leave you with one piece of advice if while traveling you happen to meet god upon the road kill him thanks again for listening you can find us at twitter.com slash radio throne you can find abaddon at twitter.com slash orbital dropkick or patreon.com slash kill six billion demons finally you can find Kill Six Billion Demons in its entirety at kill6billiondemons.com.